Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have one of, I, this is one of my most favorite people in the world. This is going to be one of my favorite episodes, not only because she uh, is one of my daddy's good friends, but she just continues to do the work. Dr. Charlene Hunter-Galt, how are you? I'm good and I'm feeling even better now that I'm seeing my dear friend Bakari. <laughs> <laughs> Tell so your daddy hello for me. I buddy. will. I'm going to call him as soon as we, as soon as we get done taping. I, oh, I'm going to call anyway. Um, we usually start each of our episodes by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers. Um, but you don't really need an introduction. You're an iconic journalist, a historic figure, an author a few times over. I guess my question to you is what keeps you doing the work that you're doing? Well, Bakari, as you know, um, I think part of this um, interview is predicated on my book, My People. And I think that it is my people because despite the fact that we have overcome so many challenges and your father uh, obviously is a part of the people who helped us overcome those challenges and you inherited um, his footsteps. Um, but we still have so many issues that haven't been resolved when it comes to people of color. Um, I've looked at some of the um, statistics just today, and we keep having disproportionate impact on people of color in just about every um, in just about every category. I mean, we're now seeing more people of color on television, and I think that's a good good <laughs> good move um, because they bring a different, often different perspective. But at the same time, you look at uh, the people in places like where they're having floods uh, in the country right now and the people who are being disproportionately affected uh, in those communities because they live in predominantly black communities, many of them. Uh, it's just uh, everywhere you look that continues to be disproportionate impact on people of color. And so I think that's something that you and I, and even your father at this point have to continue to, to look at. Um, it's part of our history. It's part of our heritage. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that new book, my people five decades of writing about black lives. Um, why this book and why right now, because you, uh, probably could have written this book some time ago, I'd imagine. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't have had as many pieces <laughs> in it. Um, you know, it's so funny. I The other day I was telling people I was 81 and I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't work. And I <laughs> had to sit down and write when I was born. And it turns out in February, I was 80 years old. And <laughs> and so I'm very happy about that because I'm still with you and with everybody else in the world. But I just felt like it was a good time to put out some positive stories about people of color, uh, those who have done things in the past um, and uh, those who have passed on. We need to know about their history, Julian Bond, Constance Baker yes. Motley, people like that, so that our younger generation, younger than you, uh, actually, um, understand what got us here and, and will inspire our younger generation. Because I think that 
what we need, and I hope you will agree with me, is a coalition of the generations so that your father's generation and mine um, can actually pass on some things that will help move us in the direction of a more perfect union. I mean, that is the goal, because although this is our history and this is also our present, we don't necessarily want some of these things to be our future. Um, I, I want to talk to you about the civil rights movement as uh, you, like my father, witnessed it then, but you've also seen Black folk make some tremendous progress while still fighting so many of the forces that seem to really never go away. As you reflect on 50 years of telling our stories, what's your advice to my generation and folks younger than me about how we make sense of the moment that we're in? This chaos, this president, former president, these, <laughs> these migrants that they're shipping as if they're just parcels and not human goods. How do we make sense of this? Well, one of the things, there's a picture on the front of my book, uh, and it, it may be difficult to discern, but I was talking to a group of young people shortly after uh, the election, and I was trying to tell them that you have a role to play in your communities. You have to help educate people. I talked to someone the other day who's very well educated, a person who is almost as old as I am, who told me she stopped listening to the news and she stopped reading the newspapers because they're all so depressing. And so I think that your generation and the generation after you, the younger people coming along, have to be out there talking to people. I remember Julian Bond, who is in the book uh, as a, as a mem memorial, um, but I remember shortly after the civil rights movement, he came to New York. I was working for the New Yorker magazine, and I think this piece is in the, in the book, uh, where he said, look, we have achieved a lot with the civil rights movement. But now it's time for you to go back to your own communities and work there and talk to the people about what's at stake and what they can do. And I think that's still very good advice. I mean, I think that the um, ruling on Roe v. Wade has energized a lot of people and especially young people who will be having children soon or deciding not to. And I think it's just up to the younger generation to inform themselves about what's going on in the country, not be depressed, but figure out what they can do again to make it a more perfect union. I think there's a role for them to play just as, you know, they're the age that your father was uh, when they changed the face of America. And so they have to feel empowered and people like us have to help empower them by saying it's on you, but we're here to help you. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You know, I remember when Trump won and I asked my dad how he felt and his answer, it surprised me a bit because he didn't seem panicked as I was. Um, And he didn't have that panic because it was almost like he'd been here before. Does the white national supremacy supremacy we saw reemerge in the Trump years feel like something you've seen before? And how did you process the Trump years personally, given your own unique perspective on this country and American politics? Well, you know, I continued to insist on doing the things that your father worked for and that my generation worked for. Um, And I told these young people that is important for them to study history so that whatever this that president did, they would know how inconsequential it should be to our history and how they make it inconsequential because they were confused. I mean, some of them told me that they woke up crying, but they did, they weren't sure why. And I guess they were listening to some of the analysis about some of the things that the former president stood for, but I'm just hoping that it didn't depress them so much that it still continues to make them feel bad about what can happen in this country. And I think that it's critical right now when there is so much um, antagonism towards our history uh, that these young people know that history teach it to even younger people so that they can see that you don't have to give up on creating a better world. And what's important right now, Bakari, is that what's happening, what has happened in America in the past? Like I remember the uh, movement outside of the uh, South African embassy when younger people were fighting to help uh, South Africans get um, a freedom uh, of all of its people. And I mean, these are just the things that we need to talk about so that we can tell these young people that there is a way to win in, in, in these challenging times. I mean, South Africa, of course, now is having serious problems, but America as the symbol of freedom and justice for all we have to realize what an impact we have on the rest of the world and the generations uh, of younger people now who are coming along because South Africa is having some of the same problems that we are. Some of the other African countries are too, as well as some of the European countries and South American countries. So I think part of the challenge to this younger generation is to get America back in the leadership 
role that it has played in all these years where it has encouraged democracy all over the world. We have to keep our democracy whole in order to keep that position. It makes sense. What do you want readers to take from this book? I think that what is in this book, I hope, <laughs> is look <laughs> is, is a look at the good things that happened throughout the years in America. And they happened in large part by the energetic effectiveness of people of color. And that the negativity that you hear these days is not something we should focus on. We should focus on what has been positive in our lives, what has helped change America for the better, as well as the rest of the world, and also to help our, to help our profession. Uh, even though we've added more people of color, many of them are young people who all, some of them, shall I say, are young people who need the history that they are, so that they, when they do their programs on television or on podcasts like this or radio, uh, they will have the perspective that it. they need to share uh, with everybody, including whites, because I think that one of the things your father will help, um, will agree about is the role that whites played in our, um, in our, in our challenges. Some died for us. And so we've got to figure out how to bring people together of all colors as we did during the civil rights movement and focus on how they did it and why they did it. And I think that by reporting positive stories, it will open a door that currently is trying to close. And yeah, people forget about Goodman and Schroner sometimes. But yes. you're right. It was it and Viola Liuzzo and Viola Liuzzo. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. I yeah. actually talk about her in many of my speeches. I feel yeah. like every book changes the author just as much as it affects the lives of the readers to enjoy a book. You've written books before, but this book was this book any different compared to the others? And if so, how did it change you? Unlike any of the ones before? Well, I think that there are excerpts from other other books. <laughs> <laughs> that I've written uh, because I've stayed on this on a, I mean, I, I hope that I have grown, but I have stayed on the same path. And that is a path that, as I said earlier, looks at freedom and justice and equality, you know, for all. And so I think I've been looking at my book in my place uh, today because I'm speaking not too long uh, from now uh, at a, at a, in New Haven, where Constance Baker Motley was born. And, and I looked in my book, in my place, to go back and look at some of the ways that she fought to get me into, and Hamilton Holmes, into the University of Georgia. I mean, she was an incredible attorney, along with Vernon Jordan and Don Hollowell and, and Horace Ward. These are names that our generation and your generation and your children's generation should know because everybody has had problems in the past, yeah. but there are others who overcame those problems with a positive attitude. And that's what my people is really about. Uh, good things that people of color, mostly black people 
have lived through, done over the years, helped make the country a better place and the world. So that's what I'm hoping, that something positive will come out of this book that also came out of the other books that also talked about where I was born, which is where your state, where you are in in South Carolina. People used to say when I said I was born in Due West, they would say Due West of what? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm putting it on the map. (laughs) It's on the map. Look, I've heard people use this phrase of third reconstruction to describe the moment that black folks view themselves in. Do you share this view that we're in a third reconstruction where after what appeared to be a period of power and influence, we're seeing it recede. And how do you think we make up lost ground in areas like voting rights, reproductive rights, and particularly in an environment where there's so much mis and disinformation? Well, again, I think the issue here is lack of information and needing information. You know, I'm not in a position where I give uh, in, um, instructions about what to do with politics, <laughs> you know, not really. But you're I'm, a real life journalist. You yeah, actually, I'm, you... I'm not a politician, but, uh, and, and I try to be, uh, fair in, in my reporting. Um, in fact, when I first went to South Africa in 1985, one of the things I did was to talk to those who were against, uh, ending apartheid. And um, to get their to, to to understand why they took the position that they took, which was very much like um, the defense of people who were in favor of segregation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just think that um, I don't know. I, I think that we look at all of these things and get the media these days to try and give perspective uh, on our history as well as how it affects our present. And I think that um, I'm a little concerned now about uh, about our media uh, because I think that even with the addition of people of color in positions of influence and visibility, um, we need to have that history brought to the fore all the time. And, you know, you don't do it when you're reporting on Ukraine or you don't do it, but look at Haiti. I mean, and look at some of the other places that we have had an impact on that may be fading away. Or with the death of the queen and giving a full perspective of what that looks like from- exactly. You know, there are many, many black lives that she touched in various ways, some for the better and some for colonizing. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, 
you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. How do we fix the media, though? I feel like you've been in enough newsrooms to see your industry change for the worse uh, slightly. Can we fix how we inform Americans or have we gone too far? I don't ever think we've gone too far when we have traveled a road that is full of mud and dust, (laughs) you know, Uh, but as Reverend Otis Moss III always says at the end of his sermons, may the road rides to meet you. (laughs) May the wind be always at your back. And and I agree with that. I mean, I, I just think that people like him and people like you and your still your father and and others who are uh, giving good perspectives on our history, especially these days um, when there is a question about whether or not our democracy is going to survive. I mean, there there are a lot of conversations about that. And I find black people, white people, Asian people, Indian people on television now, helping people be informed about our history. And I wanna continue to um, be supportive of them, even though it's not my position to, you know, create policy, but I can give history. I mean, I I go back to, um, who was it who said, television. Edward R. Murrow was talking about television. And he said, this instrument can teach, it can enlighten only to the extent that human beings are willing to use it to those ends. Otherwise, it becomes merely lights and wires in a box. So I'm in touch with our younger people, like your Michelle Sindor. She's brilliant. brilliant young woman who just was amazing, uh, is amazing all the time. And Hannah Nicole uh, 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 Jones, who wrote the introduction to my book, um, was such beautiful language, it made me cry. Um, but it made me also believe that what people of our generation can do is help inspire the younger generation to, con- to keep on keeping on, so to speak, <laughs> as you how know. Do we, how do we revive some of our institutions that we see kind of fading away, like black newspapers or some of those black news channels that we used to have, like BT? I mean, what do we what do we do to, to kind of revive them? Or maybe we we don't revive them, we adapt. Is that what we should be doing? I think there's still a place for uh, for media that focuses specifically on people of color. The problem now is 
the problem that the entire country is facing, lack of resources. You, you, can, you can hardly find people to work in stores these days because of the lack of resources. Um, and so I think that um, essentially, you know, we have to educate our communities that social media isn't the best way to inform yourself, although it may be, you know, a news peg or something. But but I think that with the decline of local newspapers and and black magazines like Jet and and you know I I saw a picture of myself on the cover of Jet just the other day and I really looked cute. I was. Old. <laughs> I was a lot younger and I thought, oh, wow, look at me. But aside from that, I mean, those those uh, media, th that journalism helped to bring America to where it is today. And it's it's needed. But I don't know how to do it now. Here's one possibility. As much as we have the disproportionate impact of on on people of color, the economy today, we also have a lot of black people who have achieved Amen. And, and who have a lot of money. And so why don't we, you, me, your father, the younger generation, your children, meet with those people and help them appreciate the role that they need to play as we continue again to work towards a more perfect union, especially achieving um, a country that promises freedom and justice for all. Amen. We'll end on that note, but tell folk before I let you go where and when they can get your book, how to get it, all that good stuff. Well, um, uh, Publishers Weekly has put out a wonderful uh, statement about the book, and I think that's available online. And I'm going around to a few places. I'll be in Sarasota at one of the great bookstores there. I'll be in a few more places, but I'll also be doing Zooms. And so I don't think it's going to be difficult to find. And and if anybody wants to know, tell them to get in touch with you and you can tell them. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> make sure you go to your local bookstores, your independent bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, everywhere books are sold. That's right. It's Amazon too, because that's also, um, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? There's also a uh, an audio book that oh, will yeah. be ready by the time the book comes out on uh, October the 11th. So I have no shame in promoting my book because it's really about not me, but my people and your people and your daddy's people. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hunter God. I look forward, I'll see you again soon. And I'm glad you're back on your feet. Looking forward to it. All Take right, care.